Welcome to Potter Familius, coming to you from Fairhope, Alabama. I'm Todd Sylvester. I'm Stephen Sylvester. <sighs> What's that about? Two storms in the Gulf when you're trying to repair a roof. Well, one of them is kind of a wimpy storm. Regardless, it still drops rain. I'm not so concerned about the wind per se, but when you need the sun shining and the sun's not shining, it's like, what do you do? That's fair. I started taking off some rotted wood, and as soon as you start in there, then you realize there's more rotted wood than you anticipated, and you're cutting back, and oh, you're cutting no. back, and you're cutting, and you're tearing down, and you're cutting in, and it it finally gets to a point where you're just like, you know, that piece is not as rotted as... <laughs> It's like, is that, could you really call that rotted? I mean, you could make that, you could make an argument that it's really not. (laughs) No, you you really can't make an argument. Yeah, but you start to justify. But after the day, you know, you've been at it all day, you're up on the ladder, and you're like, Like, you know, that's not not that that bad. bad. It'll last for a few more years. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Which is so funny, because here we're going to be talking about faithfulness, so punch it up. Let's check this out. It's the main thing. Much better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the main thing, guys. I am a closet etymologist. What? Not, uh, what? what? Not an entomologist. An entomologist studies bugs and insects. Not that I mind bugs and insects. They're fairly cool, but I don't pin them up on boards with their genus names and all that kind of stuff. How come I, How come you've never told me this? I Because uh, I'm a closet etymologist. Oh, meaning, my gosh. Yeah. You're coming out I'm today? I'm coming out. I'm coming out okay. on this podcast. Interesting. Well, that took a turn. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So uh, Welcome to Full Transparency. What does that mean? <laughs> that means that I love the study of words. I love their origins. Oh. I love their deep definitions. I love getting into where the words came from, what they're their original meaning was. And when you start doing that, you start spotting the way words uh, are kind of formulated and and how now sometimes we define them in ways that were probably never intended when the words first started to be used. Oh, especially in English. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And the English language is pretty funky. I mean, it's cool. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. With, and we've grown quite a bit now. We've got probably around 350,000 words. But anyway, the word that today that we're going to be tackling is the word faithful, mm-hmm. which is an adjective that a lot of people use, and they use it, I think, oftentimes in a very good way. Okay. But it, if you break it down, it simply means one who is full of faith. Really? Faithful means full of faith. That's all it means. Someone who's full of faith. I feel like I knew that already. And if you looked at someone who you would say, oh, that person's full of faith, you would normally say, oh, they're faithful. But that's where the word comes from. That's what it means. And we want to talk about it here on Potterfamilius in the way that it's normally defined and used in reference to an individual who's married. Oh, oh, okay. I got you. Sorry. Someone who is married, when they are faithful, what does that mean? Ooh. So like faithful specifically... 
to a person that you're married to. What Correct. Is okay. What All right. does that mean? Now that's a topic. So if our wives were mm-hmm. hanging out with some other people and they said, "All right, give us some definitions, some adjectives of your spouses," and we've already talked on Potter Familiars before on I, I hate negative humor. Yeah. You know, when people get together and like, oh, well, he always leaves his socks on the floor or something. I don't know. They, they'll, you know, just focus on the negatives. Yeah. That's about as I've, bad as my mind can go. I was going to say, that's like so tame in okay. comparison. All right. I know. I'm <laughs> also, late. I've never heard anyone complain about their husband leaving socks on the floor. Probably because they are smart enough not to do it anymore. Probably. I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. yeah. Pick up your laundry for crying out loud. If you're, if you're leaving socks on the floor, pick them up. Yeah. No, I got over that really quickly. But would our wives use as one of the main adjectives? Let's say they've said, okay, you got three. Three adjectives. Yeah. Would one of them be faithful? And if it was, what would that mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you want to talk about this in the sense of what most people think it means or what you and I think it Let's means? Let's start with what most people think. So for most people, at least in my experience and people that I've spoken with about this, who we've talked about marriage because we're all married. Most people who are my age would assume that being faithful means that you don't cheat on your spouse, that you fulfill the things that are expected of you as a husband and father or as a wife and mother. And that can mean different things to different people as well. But let's just say, generally speaking, you fulfill what's expected of you for the family to function. Okay. And then third, I think you provide for the family in the role that you are also then expected to fill within this family unit, right? So for, you know, for a father, that would be doing the things that help your family to maybe get a house, or if the mom is the provider, then she makes sure that she's being faithful to providing for the family. So there's all these expectations that I think society and culture have for how a functioning relationship is supposed to work like that. And that all has to do with faithfulness because all that stuff is expected together. And I agree. Yeah. So all, and then that's, that's where the definition would stop. I think for most people. Okay. Let's go back to the first point that you made though, because with a lot of people and I sometimes get criticized because they'll say, well, Todd, I don't have your standards. I don't have your standards. I've heard that so many times. Okay. When I say, Hey man, if you're going to be a faithful husband, then you shouldn't be behaving in that way. Because they're thinking, oh, as long as I'm not sleeping with another person, Mm -hmm. being physically intimate with another person, then I'm being faithful. That's a pretty low standard. I I would say that it's an extremely low standard. But I also don't think that everyone agrees that that's the standard. I think that for a lot of men, they understand that in order to be faithful to their wives, it goes way beyond just not sleeping with anyone else. All right. Well, give me some So some I think, ideas. so it, especially here in the South, because there's largely a, uh, let's say, a Christian-influenced culture that we have here, I think by and large, men understand that not sleeping with anyone else also includes, or let's say being faithful specifically in that way, also includes not... Uh, starting the beginnings of a relationship with anybody else. So for a lot of Christian men, I know that it's a really big deal for them to spend, like to not spend time alone with other women who are not married, who is not their wife. So they don't want to spend time alone individually with women like that. Uh, 
the issue of looking at pornography is kind of up in the air. It's not something that, at least in my experience, that a lot of men talk about openly. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm pretty sure that there's probably an even split there with whether or not they would say that's okay in terms of being faithful. Um, I obviously don't think that it is, but I guess there are some people who would say like, well, as long as I'm not making a big deal about this, then it doesn't matter. And then from there, it's like all of the other details when it comes to intimate faithfulness, I think would just depend on who you're talking to and how they were raised. What about being flirtatious with a waitress? Hmm. How flirtatious? Yeah, I guess you do have to get specific. You do, because if we're going to talk about this in such a general way, we have to make sure that we're demarcating exactly what we're talking about. Because you don't want to make a broad statement like any kind of flirtatious behavior, even if it's just being misinterpreted, is being unfaithful. Because we don't want to... That's 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 way, way too high of a standard. I'm talking about someone who you can tell that they're trying to get some kind of a rise out of the other person. I mean, they're, they're... Well, yeah, so there are some obvious things that I think we would say are definitely flirtatious, like that's the intention, and it's obvious that that's the intention. Yeah. But there are some people, and by the way, I've been called out for this before, and it's not something that I do consciously. I'm a very extroverted person. Mm-hmm. I tend to give people a lot of compliments, and as I've gotten older, I've gotten much more careful about how I do it, because a lot of times I know that can be misinterpreted. If you right. give a lot of attention... And me as a man, I know this because it's happened. If I give a lot of attention to a woman that I'm not married to and I am like, you know, laughing and talking with them and complimenting them, not overtly, not saying like, hey, I love the way that that dress makes you look. It's like I I would I would look I would never say that to somebody that I'm not married to. However, if I say something like, your eyes are such a pretty color, which I have said that to women before. In fact, I've said that to other women in front of my wife. And she was kind of like, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) I was just saying your eyes are nice. I thought they were nice. And she had to explain to me, she was like, a man telling a woman that is as if you were like, I will love you for the rest of your days. For the rest of your days. And so she, it had to be explained to me because I, I seriously thought there's no problem here. It doesn't matter. But that really can be misinterpreted. So intention matters with right. all this stuff. Right. And if you're intending to flirt with somebody, then obviously, yes, I would agree. That's technically being unfaithful. Right. And just as you said, with people like us with our personalities we have to be cautious Mm -hmm. we have to be very careful because you're right a lot of the things we do and say can be misinterpreted and you you are absolutely correct even with mom sometimes she'll look at me and go yeah that kind of crossed the line yeah you do you just don't say things like that Mm -hmm. and it's sad because i i have to read people now there are certain people because of their life experiences and their situations that I almost consider myself being a little frigid around them. Well, yeah. And uh, there's people like that for me as well. Because I'm just afraid if I say any compliment to this person because they are so hurting right now Mm -hmm. that they are going to grab hold of that like an anchor and just go, Todd, you're so wonderful. Well, I just don't want them doing that. Let me me tell you about something that happened for me. So there was a uh, person who... Is I, I would really call them an acquaintance. They're not somebody that I'm super close okay. to, but there was it was a woman who was going through a difficult time. This was years and years ago, and I was helping out with a 
I forget if it was a retreat or if it was a trip or something, but it had something to do with the church or youth something. And she is like a couple of years younger than me. And we were both helping out with this retreat thing. And I remember at the time getting this sense of like, okay, something's not right. Like something's wrong. Mm. She's really hurt. Like something, she's going through some stuff. So I made a point of being like, hey, like, are you okay? And putting off that vibe of like, like just comfort, like, are you okay? Like you're safe. What's going on? Because I was genuinely interested in trying to help. Right. And at some point during that weekend or whatever this was, I really don't remember a lot of the details now, but I remember exactly what happened afterward because one of the other women who was volunteering on this retreat came up to me and was like, hey, please don't talk to her right now. And I was like, what do you mean? Don't talk to her right now. I just, I I asked her if she was okay. Like I wanted to see if there was anything I could do to help. And this person in her wisdom said to me, if you do that right now, it will only be interpreted as you are in love with her because of the brokenness that she's experienced. She can only interpret it that way right now. Wow. And I did not push it. I didn't say anything at the time because I think, I think what was going on is she had been in some kind of like situation where she was taken advantage of very recently. And because of it, any, even if it was totally innocent on my part, which it was, I was just like, hey, you know, I got this vibe that something was not right, and I was correct, but it was impossible for me to help in the way that I wanted to help because it would have been misinterpreted. Yeah, yeah. And- so that's something where it's like if you, if you as a man are looking around at the people in your life and you have this fatherly instinct, which I think a lot of us who are fathers do, just to help, you have to be really careful about doing that with women who are around your age or even a little younger. Yeah. You just you have to be careful because even if your intentions are 100% pure, you can put somebody in a situation they don't want to be in. Right. And we even have to be concerned about other people in the way that they're perceiving the stuff that's going on. Right. In one of my situations, I was in a workplace and my office was in a building by itself because it was a youth building. And there was someone, a coworker that I worked with, who used to just love to come over and sit in my office for like 20 minutes and we would just talk and we would laugh and we shared a lot of things because we were both from the same state up in the Northeast, but we're down here in Alabama and we're talking and everything and everything's hunky dory. Well, one day we're walking out and I'm going to get some coffee or something. I don't know. And I saw some people in the parking lot kind of give this look and kind of tilt their heads like, Oh, They're coming out of the building by themselves, you know, just the two of them. And I went, oh, I didn't even think of that. Yep. And I was not concerned that I had done anything wrong. And I wasn't like, I hope mom doesn't find out. Right. Because you didn't do anything. Right. But and then what was the first thing you did? What'd you do? I told her that we couldn't hang out anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and then what office. did you have installed in the youth center? Oh, video cameras. Yeah. And I did the exact <laughs> same thing. So I did the exact same thing when um, there was there was an incident a few years ago, which I'm not going to go into details about, but there was an incident which made me think, which I wasn't involved in, by the way. Right. I just heard about mm-hmm. it. And I was like, ooh, um, if I'm going to be working in this building and if I'm going to be up here by myself at times... Uh, I better have a way that if there's ever any question of perception from the outside, right. that I can say, hey, look, there's months of video footage that you can go look at. Yeah. 
And so I have a camera in my office. I have a camera in the youth classroom. There's a camera in the gym that watches everything that I do. And the reason for that is not because I am worried that someone will suspect that something is wrong, but because of the world that we live in, you just have to be careful. Yeah. So we have to caution ourselves with all of the relationships that we encounter. Yeah, so getting back to faithfulness. Right. And and, and if you're you have to guard your words, your actions, you got to think about the way things are being interpreted. I mean, I know it sounds complex, but it is very important. Yeah. If you want to consider yourself to be someone well, who is faithful. It's, it's really not rocket science though. And that's that's the other thing that I wanted to mention is that if you use a rule of thumb that I actually learned from my wife, then it's extremely simple. Okay, give it to me. So you don't do anything with anybody else that you're not married to if you wouldn't be comfortable if your spouse was there. I would even take it a little bit further than that because both of you and I mentioned that sometimes we've done things or said things in front of our wives that they're like, ah. Yeah, and then there was a little far. So they are there, hopefully, to correct us and help us to learn and change and grow and be okay with the correction. Well, because one time I told a woman that her skirt was pretty mm-hmm. in front of mom. Mom's yeah. standing right next to me, and the woman, I, I thought she was going to say something like this. Oh, thanks, but she turns and she goes, "Thank you." Yeah. And I went, "Oh crap!" Probably because her <laughs> husband didn't notice that she was wearing a new skirt or something. <laughs> Right, like remember that time that you noticed your friend. I don't want to talk about that. Okay, cool. Because that person's still mad at me. Yep. Yeah. So that was really bad. Because Dad and I are are the type of people who notice when women get their hair cut. So Um, we compliment them. We do. We we take note of it. We're like, oh my gosh, your hair looks great. Yes. And if if certain other people in their life have not noticed that, then Uh, it turns into a whole thing, or it can. So you have to be careful about that, too. Isn't it crazy that this is is the world that we live in? It is. It is. Now, let's focus on faithfulness specifically in the ways that we relate with our wives. Yeah. Okay. For me, I literally am conscious, and this is going to sound hokey, but I am conscious every single day on how I am loving my wife and how I can love her better and better each and every day. Yeah. And it's normally in the little finite details, the little things. You really need to know your spouse's love language. Yeah. You've got to know that, and you have to speak it as if you're shouting it. And with moms, it's really easy because it's acts of service. Mm -hmm. So I come in there, and you just start straightening things. You just start cleaning stuff. You just start picking stuff up. And and I remember one of the most romantic things that I ever said to mom was when she was pregnant with Andrew, your youngest sibling, Mm -hmm. and she was having, you know, kind of a a down day. She was really tired, and her sciatic nerve hurt, and all this kind of stuff. And I said, what, what can I do to help? And she said, I just feel like the weight of the world and I, I have to do everything. And I knew she didn't want me to take over the cooking because she's an awesome cook and she, she really kind of loves, loves yeah. that. But I, I said, what can I do? And she said, well, I've got all this laundry to fold and your dumb dad <laughs> doesn't <this>. think <laughs> immediately just, you know, the passion overflows right, like, and it engages the mouth. And I said, you will never fold laundry again. Oh, no. And you wanted to catch, I wanted to catch the words wait, right wait, out wait, of the wait, air. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, right. no. Yeah. But I started folding laundry. And it was an awesome chore for me because you can do it at any hour. 
Yeah. You can come home at 11 o'clock at night and fold laundry. It's not, bu- it's not bugging anybody. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've had to have, after and I've had to have heart to heart conversations about that as well with my role in helping to make sure that the house continues to run and all the chores get finished every day. And I'll say this about that. There have been many times in, in my marriage where I have felt like, golly, this is so much. Like, I'm not going to get any downtime until I'm basically getting into bed. And those are the days when I really, now I don't always do it. I don't always pick the high road here, but I understand that that is actually part of my vocation, right? It's part of the sacrament of marriage that I've entered into. And we've made this agreement in order to love each other this way forever. Amen. So because of that, it's like, obviously I fall short of that pretty much every day, but I understand what, what the standard is. I know where the bar is set. So because of that, I have a very clear understanding. It's like I said, it's not rocket science. I have a very clear understanding of how I'm supposed to be faithful to my wife in the small ways that don't seem to matter very much, but they actually do matter a lot Amen. in terms of making this work in the long term. So because of that, and you know, you know why that is, is because I think we jumped forward quite a bit in our understanding of how our marriage was going to work after Afton got sick. Yeah. Because we had the benefit of having our priorities straightened out for us from the very beginning, which a lot of other young couples don't. Like the primary thing that husbands come to me, other husbands come to me to complain about is communication. Yeah. The communication thing is just horrible for so many people. And it's not like they're not communicating. It's just that there's no understanding of where the bar has been set for what that person has to do every day mm-hmm. in order to make their marriage work. Yeah. And this isn't everybody, but there's a lot of people who still just don't understand. Right. They just don't get it. And I can't explain it to them. They have to figure it out. Yeah. And speaking specifically about faithfulness, somebody came to me one time and they had shared some struggles. They had shared some things that they were, that they were going through and they said, all right, Todd, what's your secret? And I'm going to share it now with all of you right now. This is one of many things, but this was one of the things that I'd mentioned to him where a light just went on. And he said in his whole married life, he had never thought of this and the importance of this. And this is specifically for men, really. I mean, I don't know if it would apply for women, but really this is a big thing for men. And that is that we have... In incredible uh, minds, where we're always going places in our heads, yeah, and we have tremendous imaginations, and we can travel to wonderful places, and we can travel to horrible places, yeah. And I told him, I said, when it comes to your imagination, always focus on your wife. Always focus on your wife. Now, that doesn't mean it's always going to work out because mm-hmm. I had one friend that shared this weird thing that he had pictured as he and his wife skydiving without any clothes on into a Ferrari and then driving off. And I said, okay, that's weird. Yeah, that is. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen. And if you are thinking that it will one day, then that's, yeah, that's not going to go so well. Yeah. But my imagination is is very vivid and I'll oftentimes think about places that I'll be going or I'll be in, up in the mountains or whitewater rafting or doing and mom is always with me. Yeah. Mom is always either the focus or she is right next to me when I'm utilizing my imagination. And I truly believe that that's part 
of being faithful because your body will normally go where your mind has gone. Yeah, and that's fair. That's a really good point. So there you go. Yeah, so faithfulness. Extremely important. Easy to understand, but not so easy to do. Well, I've been married over 30 years and I'm still working on it. Yeah, and I've I've only been married for six years now and I'm still just starting to figure this stuff out. So there's hope for us yet. Indeed, indeed. Down in the comments is the link if you'd like to become a patron and then you can get the bonus episode. That'd be cool. Stefan will always be sharing one of his songs now in the bonus episodes. I will. But please, if you enjoy this podcast, share it with others. Do the things. Do all the things. Thanks so much for listening to Potter Familias. Thanks, guys. <laughs>